Yo, what's going on, you guys? And welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast. I'm your boy, Ari, and I'm with my guy, Kyle, as per usual. It's my dog right there. And uh, yeah, we are pretty much, I'd say, mostly done with the first round playoffs. You know, we got a few series wrapping up pretty soon. We got the Kings Warriors left, and we got the, the you know, the Grizzlies Lakers. But yeah, it's been a pretty spicy first round, to be honest. I mean, a lot of crazy things have happened. And of course, you know, we're going to cover that. So my guy, Kyle, we're going to start off with this one. Uh, let's start with the one that's let's start let's start pretty pretty light. Let's start Philly, start Philly Brooklyn. Well, what are your thoughts on that series? I'm gonna be completely honest here. The all the other matchups were so much more compelling that I pretty much didn't watch a single game. I mean, I tuned into a lot of end of the games just because you know one the games were somehow close. Or at least I mean close in the sense that they were within ten points in the fourth quarter, and then you know the the next game was up next. You know, right after that. So that's the only reason I kind of watched. But um, other than that, I mean, it, it kind of went how I expected it. You know, like the, the Sixers were obviously going to beat the Nets, right? No surprises, right? No, for sure. Um, I think a couple of things that stood out to me from uh, from Philly's side is how the Nets were defending. They're just throwing, like, multiple bodies at uh, Joel Embiid and making him pass out, you know, make the other 76ers beat them. I think Tobias Harris played a pretty good first round. Um no, Tyrese Maxey had like I think he had like maybe one or two games where he exploded. I think it was game. Um, I think it made it, it might have been game three, or it might have been game two in Philly. He was like crazy in one of those games. Um, but you know from from Brooklyn's side, oh, oh, one one more thing on Philly. James Harden absolutely has to be better in round two against against Boston if they want to have a chance. Particularly like he shot really well from three. Like I think he shot forty plus percent or eight plus attempts. He was getting almost nothing done inside the arc. He was not finishing well at the rim. You know, he wasn't getting as many free throws. He has to be better if they want to have a chance to win next series. We're not going to talk about that right now. But that's what that's what I saw from what's it called's perspective uh, from Philly, from Brooklyn. I saw that you know Mikael Bridges had a really good game one. He was kind of quiet and not you know as impactful the rest of the way. I really like Cam Johnson. I like you know some of the stuff that. Um, that Brooklyn has, I think they're just missing iron, uh, ironically a star since they traded theirs. Spencer Dinwiddie kind of sucks. I'm not a huge fan of him. And yeah, he's also terrible at lob passes. Like he threw so many, so many just terrible passes. Awful. Terrible. Just ter- terrible, man. Consecutively, all in the same yeah. quarter. Awful. I don't think um, I've ever seen anyone be that bad at throwing lobs. Yeah, he, he stinks. I, I can't stand that guy. He, he's just a terrible basketball player. Yeah, that's all. That's kind of all I had to say about those two series. Can I say one quick thing? Yeah, I mean, there's really not much to talk about, but I kind of like Claxton here. He was he was fired up. I mean, I know he's 0 for 10 in the last 10 playoff games that he played, but that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I know, right? No, but it was it was kind of fun watching him beat up and beat a little bit. You know, as a Celtics fan, you know, kind of like to see that physicality a little bit. You know, of course, you know we don't want to you know, root on injuries or whatnot, but yeah, we can root on them being roughed up a little bit. You feel me? But yeah, I mean. I thought that was cool, like, you know, I, and also, like, this did spark a little bit of a, you know, a narrative with the NBA currently with the, you know, the whole nut chasing stuff, you know what I mean, where all these players are starting to get hit in the balls, and, you know, it's only a certain handful of guys, but, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I don't know why I brought that up, but I just thought it was interesting. All right, we can move on. So, from there, let's talk about, let's talk about your Celtics. I think they closed it out yes, today or yes, yesterday, right? They closed yesterday, it out yesterday yeah. against the Hawks. Um, game's game one, man. It was just – complete domination by the Celtics. They went up 
They went up 2-0. And then the Hawks kind of made it a series. They went two of the next three, right, until Boston closed it out yesterday. I think Jason Tatum came alive late. Jalen Brown played a really good series. Derek White kind of becoming like a fringe all-star to all-star level player. He's been great all year, right? He's going to make all defense. He's probably been the best Celtics guard, right, this year, in your, in my opinion. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Um, but, yeah, like the, the Celtics, I still think they have some stuff to clean up. Al Horford has kind of been worrying me a bit this, this series. I think he's showing his age a bit. Robert Williams, a little bit concerned with him as well against the 76ers. So I, I still think the 76, the Celtics should beat the 76ers, but I do have more reservations now than I did before the playoffs started. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on that. I think this can go one of two ways. One, it's either, yes, there's definitely some weaknesses that the Hawks brought out in the Celtics. I mean, this series by no means should have went to six games. Boston, honestly... They choked. They choked boy, one of those games pretty badly. Yeah, they did. Um, they were out 14 or 13 or 14. Um, in game five, I believe. And, you know, that was a closeout series at home. And there's four, there was like five or six minutes left and they, they blew that lead. Um, it, it just, it's just unfortunate, you know, like they, they were last year, they were like in a historic defensive team this year. They, they don't really have any shred of that. I mean, yeah, I guess apparently they're in the top three defensive teams, but they were getting absolutely destroyed by the same plays over and over again. But yeah, I mean, that's one path where, you know, the Celtics are, are showing a little bit of a weakness. The second path is at least they fought back. You know what I mean? Like none of them look like they were completely, you know, like, like their heels against, you know what I mean? Like they weren't on their heels. Like, for example, I know, I know I'm speaking a little bit early here, but you know, the Bucks and Heat, like the Bucks look scared to take shots. They honestly look terrible. Like Giannis didn't even want to hold the ball. At least we didn't see that with the Celtics. So, I'm going to take a little bit positive with the negative here and just be happy that, you know, Brown was shooting. Smart was, wasn't afraid to shoot that shot. And, you know, uh, Tatum obviously did Tatum things. I don't know why it took him so long to get alive, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to take the positive here, but again, they got, they got more work have, to do for sure. Yeah. This series should not have gone that long, but right. uh, and yeah. also I think, I think Trey Young deserves some credit. Obviously he was really not kind of, he was kind of invisible in the second half of, Yesterday's game, I keep forgetting. It was yesterday, game six. Um, wait, was it game six? It was game six. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, after a rough first two games, I think he really played well the next couple games against Boston. Obviously, he had the, the big shot at the end of game five to give them a one, one or two-point lead. I, I'm not sure. But, you know, he, he played really well. Uh, so, credit to him. I don't want to say he figured out Boston's defense, but he did much better against a really good – the Celtics are a really good defense. I know, I know you may not think that, but – and they got stuff to clean up. But I, they're still a really good team. They're still a really good defense. So credit to him. It's going to be interesting to see what the Hawks do in the offseason. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Boston does against Philly, who they gave Philly, they gave Joel Embiid a little bit more time to get ready and to rest up. I know he has a, a knee injury. I'm not exactly sure of the details. They might be meniscus, but I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, that's really all I had to say it's, about that series. It's LCL. Oh, okay. Which I honestly, man, I have no idea what the hell that is. But, uh. Apparently he has to wear a knee brace. Yeah. So so from there, man, I really want to talk about this. The to me, we'll we'll talk about the other series later. But the the Knicks Cavs, I was not expecting to go the way it did. Like I thought, I thought the Cavs would win in six. But before I get going, I want to hear your opinion uh, on the Knicks Cavs series. Dude, that's funny because I had the same thing. I think I had Cavs in six as well. 
I mean, the first game really set the tone for a series. I know the second game really kind of just threw it back the other way. But game three to me is where everything started to change, where I'm like, dude, the Knicks are are they the better team? Like the whole season I'm going into it thinking the Cavs are gonna be, you know, great, you know, the double big combo is gonna work. But the double big combo, it really didn't work because none of them can really create like that. You know what I mean? We all thought, oh yeah, you know, this double big combo is gonna work. On top of that, they're gonna cover for Mitchell and Garland. But yeah, man, it didn't really shape out to be like that. And the Knicks kind of somewhat exposed that. And and Brunson was the best player in that series, which is insane because you know, coming into the season, everyone kind of had Randall as the as the top dog there. And even, you know, there was a little bit chatter about the Brunson's, you know, contract and whatnot, which we're, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but you would expect Donovan Mitchell to be the best player in that series, hands down. And like, it was Don, just, bro, Donovan is going to make All-NBA this year. And he got out. He, 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 he might make He might make first, first team. team. He might be, yeah. He might make yeah. first team. I honestly think he will. <laughs> nah, bro, oh, you're man. you're absolutely right. Uh, let me let me just go quick on the like I don't look the playoffs like the scoring goes down, dude. The Cavs didn't break a hundred points in any game against the Knicks in this five C five five game series. They didn't break a hundred once, and their offense went to shit. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell could not play well together like in same games for the most part. Uh, outside of like maybe games game five, but like Donovan Mitchell kind of you know got a little bit shot happy in my opinion. The biggest thing to me in this series was like you said, the big man's the big men of the series, bro, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like what happened to shame? Like they got annihilated. They had Mitchell Robinson looking like Will Chamberlain out there. He was probably, he in my opinion, in my opinion, he was probably the second best player for the Knicks in the series after Jalen Brunson. I didn't think, you know, Julius Randall got hurt. I don't think he was that great in that series. Um, RJ Barrett, after a rough start, played a lot better the last couple games. Josh Hart, I mean, man, this, I've always been a Josh Hart fan. He showed he's great as well. The, the Knicks had a, a plus 29 offensive rebound advantage in five games. Mitchell Robinson had, like, I think he had 11 offensive rebounds in game five alone. I think that he had, might have had more than the Cavs' entire team. It's the, the, the term, like, dirty work and hustle, like, it's cliche. But that's what happened in this series. The Knicks just flat out outworked the Cavs. And I might have underestimated just how like terrible the Cavs five to eight in their rotation is, which which might have led for me, to, you know, underplaying it, saying, well, they have the four four of the five best players in the series. I think Brunson right now is better than Garland and, you know, whoever else. I mean, maybe not four of the five best. Julius Randle's had a really good year. But they have four of like the six best players, right? is what I thought coming in, which is why I picked them. But I underestimated just how not good the rest of their rotation was outside of those four. And the issue with that becomes if multiple of those four guys don't play well, you're screwed, right? Like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen were no-shows for majority of the series. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garden, like I mentioned, they had their off games. Uh, yeah, so that that's what it came into. And credit to the Knicks. Like, I don't want to take away anything away from them. But I just, I just feel like I'm ragging on the Cavs, but credit to the Knicks for playing a great series. We'll talk about their next round matchup as well. Like it's nobody expected those two teams to get there, but it's it's crazy. The Knicks have been really good this year. Like they've been a lot better than people give them credit for for majority of this season. 
No, exactly. I, I completely agree. I mean, I, this it just hurts me to say this, but when they play the Celtics after the All Star break, I'm like, shit, bro. They beat them without Brunson. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to play the fucking team, man. And um, if things go well, we will probably play them in the East, East Conference Finals, man. Which is going to be insane because I was like, ah, man, it's the Knicks. Man. I shouldn't be afraid of them. But I'm legitimately afraid, man, ever since game three. And it's like, Randall's been ass, bro. Like, respectfully, he's been garbage. You know, imagine when he's, like, semi-decent. Like, do you remember yeah, at it, the end of... Imagine if there is some, like, positive regression for him. Right, right. Do you remember some of the games where he's hitting these crazy one-legged threes per game? <laughs> like, bro, if we get that, Randall... With like you know, obviously, the right amount of Brunson and whatnot. Like, dude, I'm legitimately scared, which is insane because this was nowhere near the narrative, like two months ago even. So yeah, I mean, it's just insane. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's been a spicy first round playoff this week. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, yeah um, I think it goes without uh, saying that you know Josh Hart is the the low key X factor. I would put Mitchell Robinson as like. A one A one B with um Josh Hart, but one A, my my opinion. But no, I I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, dude, he made somebody like Jared Allen that everyone kind of thought. You know, remember Jared Allen's contract when he got it? Yeah, people were like, "Oh, it's a steal! It's a steal!" Sad. Yeah, dude, I'm kind of rethinking that man. He he got he was so bad. He (laughs) absolutely just abysmal. So sorry, sorry to keep cutting you off. No, you're good, man. I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm happy it's not just me that says it. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know what's next for the Cavs. I mean, they got to fix that wing issue and got to figure something out. I don't know if J.B. Bickerstaff is going to stick around. I mean, I don't know. that. That's something that's been coming out a lot. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Man. Yeah. So, if it's cool, I think we're going to move real quick. And I guess this series as well doesn't need much uh, discussion. Denver beating Minnesota in five games. Um, yeah, this is a series where, like, same same thing, man. Carl Anthony Towns, like, what happened to shame? You know what I mean? Once again, just not good enough for the caliber of, caliber of player he's supposed to be, as well as like his contract. Um, it's clear as day to me that he is not the best. He's not the best player in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards is better than him. Rudy Gobert is better than him. He was not good enough. Um, for what they need. And it's clear as day that they also missed Jaden McDaniels. Jalen, Jaden, goddamn, I always mess it up. I think it's Jaden. They missed him a lot, defending Jamal Murray. I think he averaged like 28 in the series. Uh, they, they desperately missed him. I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker kind of showed that he has a place in this league after a couple years of bouncing around, not really you know, being able to find his footing. I think he's shown that he has a place. He's like a, a hard-nosed defender who can you know make plays at times. Uh, but yeah, he that's had really, balls, that's really, bro. In that yeah. one game, dude was, dude was balls as hell with some of those shots, man. Yeah, Credit to him for hitting it. Yeah, but that, that's honestly really all I have to say about 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 this series. Not not much going on. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's a one one seed versus eight seed, so it's as to be expected. Which you know, you know, we're gonna talk about that later on. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I, and is definitely the you know the future of this franchise. I wonder – so this might be a wild take, but I wonder if Cat will be on the trading block. Like, What do you think? Quickly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, right? they, traded, they traded all these assets for Gobert. Mm-hmm. So and, – and Carthy Towns is a good way to recoup some of those assets. Like, right. his contract is pretty terrible. Uh, but also at the same time, it's like 
he's still a good enough player, right? That maybe some yeah. team. I hope. I yeah. hope we'll get to it. But I hope a certain team doesn't talk themselves into this guy because he's, <laughs> he's just not. I'm I don't see it. it. I don't see it with him, man. I really don't. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um. So wait. Let me there... let me finish up real quick though. Let me just say one quick thing. Sorry, man. No, no, you're um, good. I just love the emotion that and and Edwards played with, man, because. Do you remember when he was getting drafted? Everyone said, oh, he doesn't really care about basketball. He want to be a football player. And I was like, damn, bro. That's not something I want to hear out of a player getting drafted. But, you know, after he missed that shot, just his face and the emotion he had and even the press conference before the game, he's like, man, it's not over. I forget exactly what he said. I'm paraphrasing. But, yeah, man, I love that, man, as a young player. So I'm looking forward to see what he does next year. Obviously, it wasn't much of, a, you know, a competition. and Everyone – Everyone pretty much knew that the Nuggets would win, but yeah, man, love to see it. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so from there, I guess we could probably talk about Clippers Suns. Um, Kawhi Leonard played the first two games of the series. It was pretty good. They won Game One. He stole Game One in Phoenix. Uh, Kawhi Leonard tear. I think he tore his meniscus in Game One. He played Game Two. They lost. They lost four straight. Um, Russ, look, I I will say this. I was wrong about Russell Westbrook. I think there is still concerns about him playing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But what he gave us in that series, he had one or two rough games. But that that was because he was allowed to play Russ ball and that he was allowed to be incredibly ball dominant. But I can't blame him for that. I can't I can't say, well, it's only because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George weren't there. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George weren't there, so Russ did what he was supposed to do, right? So I appreciate him for that. Um, just once again, Ty Lue just being a moron like he has been all season. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon was getting fried, man, by Devin Booker, who was the best player in the series overall. Like he he was better than Kevin Durant because the Clippers were defending Durant incredibly physically. And Devin Booker was taking advantage of that. Credit to him, he really did. Um, Eric Gordon was getting fried. Ty Lue just, you know, refusing to make any changes and just went down with his guys. Marcus Morris made an appearance again for the team. Uh Nicholas Batum, like he's Nicholas Batum's done, man. It's it's over. Uh, I appreciate him for what he did the last two years. I hope he puts in a good word with Victor Wembanyama when he's a free agent, twenty thirty two. <laughs> but I, I think Nicholas Batum needs to call it a career. Uh, it's, it's been a good career for him. He had like one good game. It, dude, all, to game five or game four, he was averaging like one point in the playoffs, bro. bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, he, it was so bro, bad. He's giving me Al Horford vibes, bro. Man. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough, man. But <laughs> but that's just this kind of situation. Robert Covington played like six minutes in the series. Um, yeah, Tyloo going down with his guys, and they went down. Season an absolute failure. But uh, I'm sorry, I went on a bit, and I want to talk about them a bit more in a little bit. But I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Man, that's your team, bro. Don't don't feel that way, bro. I'm happy you talked about it because I was kind of afraid to text you throughout. The no, I have a lot more to say. I have a lot more to say if, <laughs> ah, if time allows. All right, for sure. But uh, yeah, man. I mean. Uh, going back to the Westbrook thing, man, it's honestly, I'll be honest, man. I thought he was borderline out the league, you know what I mean? But now I think he's earned himself like a little bit more of a chance to kind of give it a go again, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's not going to be the same as he was, you know, age is a thing, his play style is a thing, and all that. But yeah, and, and kind of going back to the other point that you made, you know, the way he was being dominant, and, you know, his play style, right? I think it's to be expected that they went one and four. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what you're going to get from Westbrook. He's going to put up these crazy stats. He's going to be all over the place. 
Um, his, his defense actually did surprise me. Some of those blocks on KD and those offensive rebounds, that was actually very unexpected. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the crazy stats and, you know, the one to four is what you would expect from a dominant Westbrook. So put it in that perspective, yeah, it's pretty much what I did expect to ha- kind of happen, like other than, like, you know, Westbrook actually no, but, being this but good. But this is, this is what, like, you assume, right? Like, the Suns have the best player. They have the second best yeah, player. Yeah. They arguably, I don't know where you'd rank Westbrook compared to, like, Aiton and Chris Paul. But they have the two best players in the series, and your best player played one game, and then, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Like, but but kind of, yeah. My bad. Go ahead. That that that's just kind of what you assume. Honestly, I'll be I'll be completely honest, man. Like that series made me feel worse about Phoenix because I dude I expected them to win this series. Dude, same. I was gonna I, say there's like Go ahead, I'm sorry. sorry. I'll, I'll finish my my point real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like even with Paul George, I pro I honestly might have picked Phoenix to beat us, but like they're going. Like they're they, I'm pretty sure we led at almost every game at halftime, and like we obviously lost in the second half. Credit to the Suns for winning those games, but like for last last three games, we don't have Kawhi. Russell Westbrook's our best player, and they're in close games with us. Like I don't know if that makes me feel better about the Clippers, or it makes me feel, or it might make me feel worse about the Suns, man. Like. I, I don't know. Like, is campaign coming back? Is he going to, like, make that big of a difference? I'm sure it will help. So they don't have to – if Monty Williams, like, gets his attraction of Landry Shamit out of his head, Landry Shamit's just a terrible player, plays Okogi a little bit more. And, you know, if Torrey Craig could keep hitting threes because he, he wasn't missing threes in our series. But, yeah, that, that's, that's really all I have to say. I don't know, man. I might feel a bit more shaky about my sons coming out of the West pick than I did before. Yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. One – is they have no bench depth. That was pretty obvious in this in the series, especially when you get, I don't want to say injury prone players, but players with injury history like Chris Paul, KD, and you know Booker. All of them are playing like close to forty minutes, man, which is absolutely nuts for being four to one. Because you know Monty Williams knows he can't play some of these guys. You know, like I honestly think Josh Okogie might be like their fourth best player or fifth best player, which is insane, man. Uh, but yeah, like. That's one thing, bench depth. The second thing is, all right, this is kind of on the other side of the spectrum, but dog, Booker might actually be, oh man, did he not have a top three, like out of all the players in the, this, this, um, he, this no, first he did. round? Absolutely, absolutely. He was, it's him. He might be second only to who we're going to talk about. He yeah, probably right. is second. Dude, he was absolutely nuts, man. Like, he was frying everybody, bro. Dude, everybody. I don't know if Eric I'm... Gordon is going to have nightmares about Devin Booker, man. <laughs> like, insane. Insane. Oh, my God. Booker was just – oh, man. I, I'm, like, literally, like, orgasming. That's how good he was, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. But also, the other thing that you said about campaign coming back, that, that will not make a difference, bro. Campaign, come on, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Looking looking for anything, man. I think, I think he can help. I think he can help. Mm-hmm. But because they, okay. they need it, man. Like, yeah. So, all right, man. Before we move on, would you give me a couple minutes to just talk about the clip? Yes, please, bro. Please, man. I'll right. have to save this clip because I know it's supposed to be spicy. I'll right. my back pocket. Let me, let me, let me start by saying, this is what they deserve. Okay, this season, what happened? And when I, I don't mean that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George deserve to get hurt. That's not what I'm saying. They deserve the embarrassment 
and failure and disappointment that this season was for how they treated the season. Every single turn, every decision possible, they made the wrong one. Whether it was choosing the corpse of John Wall over Isaiah Hardenstein. Isaiah Hardenstein helped the Knicks win a playoff game this year. Game one that the Knicks won in Cleveland, Isaiah Hartenstein closed that game. The and staff he helped votes, the right? Knicks, yeah, yeah. Nasty. He helped them win a playoff game. And John Wall has been sitting at home since February. Nobody wants – we had to pay to get John Wall's contract. He only makes $6 million and nobody wanted him. Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. We had no backup center. By the way, we had no backup center. Moses Brown was our backup center until February. Moses Brown is a two-way player. On I think he plays for the Nets. I don't even know if he's in the NBA anymore. I know for a fact he's not like a, a legitimately rostered player. Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson got traded from here. The, the Hornets bought him out. They didn't want him. They wanted a second-round pick for Mason Plumlee. They didn't want Reggie Jackson. They traded him to, to the – they bought him out. He went to the Nuggets. Michael Malone saw like 10 games of Reggie Jackson. What Ty Lue refused to acknowledge for 60 games, Michael Malone saw 10 games of and said that's enough. And Reggie Jackson doesn't play for them. That was our starting point guard. Russell Westbrook might have been the best move of the season, Loki. And think about nice. think about that. The way people talk about Russell Westbrook, that's nuts, man. He might have been the best move of the season. Think about it. They deserve, and it, now we're at a point. This is where you blow the team up. This is where you trade everyone. Trade Kawhi. Trade Paul George. Trade whatever you can get for a lot of these expiring contracts and rebuild. Because look, Lawrence, and I'll I'll be really fast. I'm sorry, but Lawrence Frank had like a press conference, right? Just like a couple days ago or yesterday, he said. We have to get back to treating the regular season with respect. We have to take it seriously. You can say that, and that's correct, because the Clippers did not take the regular season seriously, and that's why they ended up the way they did. But with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as your two best players, that's not possible. Because Kawhi Leonard is going to miss back-to-backs. He's going to miss more games than that because of just injuries people pick up throughout the regular season. You are not able to get a high enough seed and take the regular season seriously with Kawhi as your best player. It's just not possible. And and that that's just the case. And because your roster, which everybody touted as one of the deepest rosters in the NBA, the Clippers roster was always about quality over quantity. I mean, I'm sorry, quantity over quality. It's not like the Celtics. Who do the Celtics have like 10 guys deep who they can go to you can reliably can rely on? No, right? But they have a really, really strong like top seven, top eight. That's what matters, bro. Like, all right, and I'll, I'll end right there. But I'm saying this is this is the end of it. I'm sick and tired of these guys. And I empathize with them getting hurt. But and and I obviously like you, but you just can't continue to say, well, maybe next year is the year we're gonna be healthy. When this is the third year of them saying that. Like you you can't just keep saying, Well, they're gonna get healthy next year and we'll have a better chance. Call a spade a spade, man, and just and just rid my organization of these guys who can't stay on the court. And stop selling me like false dreams and false hope every year, because I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm done. I think we should probably move on. All right, man. Let's let's just end this with uh this Clippers conversation with. I can't believe Nick Batum asked to get benched for Morris, who shot like two for eleven. <laughs> Bro, what the fuck was that? Dude, I don't want to. I don't want to get started again. So let's <laughs> All right, move my on. bad. My bad. I'm sorry. My apologies. God, bro. I hate.
I hate this organization so much. Okay, uh, okay. let's let's move on. So you were talking about earlier that you know a one eight matchup. This is what you expected for the Denver Nuggets and Timberwolves, right? I mean, mm-hmm. nobody expected what happened in the one eight matchup in the Eastern Conference. Not the at Miami all. Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, after looking <laughs> lifeless oh, in the man. play-in game against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, not the, I'm sorry, against the Chicago Bulls, losing the play-in game in Chicago, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you know, in in Miami, right? I'm pretty sure it was in Miami. Losing the play-in game Hawks. in Miami. It was the Hawks. Hawks against the Hawks. No, Is yeah, that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Where yeah, where I'm they good. got just annihilated on the glass, losing there, and Jimmy and Bam were terrible. Going to Milwaukee, I don't know anybody who picked. The Bucks to lose some, lose to the Heat, and I get it, I get it. Giannis was hurt. He played like what two and a half games, right? Yeah, yeah, two games in eleven minutes, something yeah. like that. But the Heat, the Heat, it's not like the Heat were healthy. Tyler Hero got injured game one. By the end of game five, dude, the, the Heat were putting Cody Zeller on the court because Bam fouled out. Yeah, he goes on the game. Out. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here, right? Man, this – I'll let you go, man, but this might be – this is the biggest upset of the decade, like easily. Yeah, man, uh, I hate to do this because everyone and their mom's talking about the, the Giannis' press conference. Oh, shit. That's not my bad. I'm watching the, the Warriors, Lakers uh, – Warriors, Kings game. I just saw somebody on the ground. Uh, sorry, I got topic. I am too. Oh, man. Oh, Sabotis. Okay, sorry, sorry. I, don't, I didn't mean to do that. But – um. Uh, yeah, so back to this, Giannis' conference. Uh, sorry, his um, yeah, conference, right? Did, I don't know, man. He said it was a failure. He said it was not a failure. He said all that bullshit. But I'm going to be honest, man. If you are the number one seeded – you're not even the number one seeded team in your conference. The number one team in the entire NBA. You've been to the finals before. You won a championship. You have the same roster. Your team is aging. And you have the best player in the league on your team. And to lose to an eight seed, that is a complete failure, man. There's no way to sugarcoat that, man. And I know you can see all the bullshit that you want about, you know, like, yo, Jordan you know, lost like nine seasons and whatnot. But this particular season is a complete failure, man. There's there's no way you should lose to a, like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me, man? Like, I'm sorry, man. That Let me uh, just, yeah, I don't mean to rant, bro, but like. That, that no, is insane, I agree. Bro. That's, no, that's blasphemy. Him, look, him saying that, it's it's insane. How could you – like, this team won a championship, bro. Like, in the, in the grand scheme of things, like, he's not wrong. Like, like there there is failure in life, right? But there is also – there are steps towards success. That's correct. But this just goes to show, like, the double standards for players. Right. Losing to an eighth seed when you have 58 wins, you're the best team in the NBA – and turning around saying that's not a failure, that's absolutely a failure. But could you imagine if somebody else said that? Could you imagine if, like, Joel Embiid said that? Or even, like, Kevin Durant, who Kevin Durant's an accomplished player. Could you imagine if he said that, or if LeBron or whoever else said that? Like, it just goes to show the double standard for these players. Because there was people who were actually defending what he said. No, you're incorrect. It was absolutely a failure. And it's not just that you went out. It's the way you went out. The Bucks won a championship two years ago, and they choked away game five in one of the worst ways possible. And and I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to make this all about the Bucks because it is in a choke job by them, but what Miami did in this series, particularly the man of the hour, the guy who's been the best player in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler, what he did in this series 
it, this might be the best playoff series I've seen anybody play ever. Like, I, no hyperbole. Maybe, maybe 2018 LeBron against the Celtics. He was obviously also amazing. But Jimmy, this series was incredible. And I'll say one more thing before I just like throw it back to you. Pause. Um, like this idea, <laughs> nice. this idea that like obviously all these analytics and shit like this, this stuff matters, right? Obviously, like, but you can't. One thing you can't measure, and this is gonna sound like very cliche. Again, I've said that a couple times, but you need guys who are dogs. Like, you need guys who, quite frankly, just like give a fuck. Like, bro, Jimmy Butler looking at Drew Holiday down six with two and a half minutes left and saying, "I own you." Down six, he's saying that. Two and a half minutes left in the fourth, bro. You need guys like that. You need guys who care about winning, like. If if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, I don't mean to make it about the Clippers. If they if they had like Jimmy Butler's like attitude, like we'd be in much better position. We needed a minimum guy to come do that, and Jimmy Butler, that's the kind of guy you want leading your franchise, not just because he's an incredible playoff performer, but because he he's like that, you know. And and last thing, I'm sorry, but Miami's role players who we talked about, you know, in previous podcasts, that they're you know a lot of undrafted guys, a lot of buyout guys, bro, they stepped up the series. Duncan Robinson had a big game. Kevin Love had a big game. Gabe Vincent, you know, Bam Adebayo. Huge shot. Yep. 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 Also, Bam Adebayo, after a rough first half, really locked down Giannis in the second. But so I think both things are going to be through. It's an incredible choke job by the Bucks, who shot almost 30 more free throws than the Heat did in game five. And they still lost. Giannis went 10 of 23 at the free throw line. Drew Holiday disappeared in the playoffs again. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, Drew Holiday is so underrated. Like, what are people talking about? Bro, look at this is like, how many good playoff series has he had as a Milwaukee Buck? Like, like what are we talking about? He disappeared. Chris Middleton, a really rough sec fourth quarter, couldn't do shit. Giannis, Giannis still an incredible player. I don't think I call him the best player in the league anymore. I'm sorry. You can't be hot potatoing the ball, throwing it out of bounds because you're scared to get fouled. I, I get it. he has his weaknesses, but I'm not sure if I can call that guy the best player in the world. I think that's that title might go back to Steph Curry now. And I'm sorry, I went on a bit long. I'll let you go now. I agree 100%. I mean, you need that dog, honestly, man. So let's start there. So first of all, man, this Miami Heat team was a team that was – I don't know if they were like last or bottom three in in offense and three-point shooting. But this playoff series in particular, they were I – don't, I don't have the numbers. They shot like 50-plus percent on contested threes. Fucking nuts, bro. And yeah. that that's, that's a testament to their – to their will to win, their coaching, and who they are as players, which is absolutely insane. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is you need that dog again because look at the Bucks. Nobody had that dog in them. Middleton was afraid to shoot that last shot. So it was Yadis to hold the ball. Drew Holiday was completely – he was getting shit on by Butler. And when he got – when the Butlers, like, said, we owed uh, – I owed you or whatever, <laughs> Drew Holiday did not say anything back. Because one, he couldn't see anything back. And two, Bro, he was getting fried. Like Jimmy Butler was frying him. He was right. <laughs> yeah, he was. And that's insane, bro. Like, like if this was the Celtics, Marcus Smart would have talked back, bro. He would have got a tech right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he also would have got fried though. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Anybody would have got fried by this Butler, bro. Let's be honest. And also, like speaking of like Cav. Um... Not caps. Speaking of heat role players, right? Who played really well, Kevin Love. And, you know, like we said earlier when we were discussing the Knicks Cavs, one thing the Cavs got absolutely just classed, like outclassed in 
was on the glass. And I don't know, maybe if they had a big, you know, off the bench who could, you know, give them some <laughs> minutes as a backup maybe, who could maybe rebound. I don't know. Maybe, bro, he maybe really Kevin got bought out, bro. Why, man? I don't, I don't know. Like, so why? He, like, it's, it's crazy, man. They played a great series for all the talk about them just being terrible offensively. They found it at the right time. And that's the thing about playoffs, man. Like, it's a small sample size. So the, the regression to the mean or progression might not come in time. And that, that's why winning in the playoffs is incredibly important. And now, like, taking care of business, right, is incredibly important. And now the Bucks face a really interesting offseason. They have Giannis, who's right – he's right – how old is Giannis? Giannis is like 27, right, 28? Uh, 28. Yeah, so he's like basically right, right at the beginning of his prime still, right? But he has very clear flaws in his game. They don't have a legitimate perimeter creator. I don't care if you have Chris Middleton – Drew Holiday has shown time and time again that he's an inefficient playoff scorer. Um, and they have an aging roster. Like, people don't talk about it. The Bucs have the oldest roster in the NBA. Like, they, they're they the oldest team in the NBA, bro. Like, their starting center is like 36, 37. Drew Holiday's 32. Uh, Chris Middleton's 30-plus. Like, Giannis, for all of his weaknesses, he just covers up for their team just how old and unathletic the rest of that team is. Can you name me one-plus athlete on that team? Outside of Giannis. With that Eurostep, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. World, world's longest Eurostep. <laughs> bro, their season came down to a Grayson Allen. Oh, man. It's so... <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Actually, real talk, though. Their second most athletic player is probably... Pat Connaughton. <laughs> yeah, Pat Connaughton or Thanasis, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put Thanasis out there to try to injure Jimmy Butler, but... Oh, and man. try to hype the crowd up. You remember that video of him hyping yeah, the crowd yeah, up against yeah. Celtics and they kept yeah. laughing at him? Yeah, no, man. It's going to be very interesting. Um, Like, the, the Bucks won a championship. You can't take that away from them. But they, in Game 5 especially, did not look like a championship team. They did not look like they had the championship medal. They 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 crumbled under pressure. They, they crumbled in a way that I don't think we've seen in a long time. And... It's the biggest upset of the last decade. Is it the right. biggest disappointment? I don't know. Is it the probably biggest embarrassment? A, I don't. Bucks I don't know. No, 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 no. In terms of just like NBA playoffs, I don't know if it's the biggest uh, embarrassment no. of the last ten years. Clippers Nuggets is definitely really bad. The Suns last year, but it is without a doubt. I don't care what Giannis says that the, yes, there is steps towards success. It is an absolute failure on the part of the Bucks. A hundred percent, man. Um, and as much as we're calling it a failure, of course it is. But it's also – we also got to give credit to Miami. I know we already did this, but they they were just – dude, they – it's insane, man. Like, I I don't know how a team can lose so badly to the Hawks. They can play so – they got outscored at, like, in total points in the regular season. And what – all that happened – They were one of the still, worst offense in the NBA this year. Right. And with all that happening, they still had the balls and, you know, the dog in them and the effort to still – Go against the number one seed and compete. So, uh, kudos to them for that. Um, and Eric Spolstra, bro. After this, I don't know where he ranks in all-time coaching, bro. He's but best coach he's... in the league by far, though. But by what far. about all-time? All-time? How, where you got him? Uh, I'm not sure on that. I honestly, I couldn't tell you. I didn't go through a list of the names. Okay, fair, fair. All right. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the the current um teams that are still playing, like Lakers and Grizzlies and whatnot. But I mean, we can't. We can go through it real quick. Um. Kings Warriors is going on right now. Honestly, it's been a pretty fun series to me. 
Um, mm-hmm. Sabonis, I know that's your guy. You you said that's hey, your guy. Hey, well, hold up, he, bro. Regular not, season Saboner. Saboner. Sorry. That's crazy. He's not he's not him. Regular uh, season. Hold on. Hold he's on. not him. He, Did you see his eye uh, just now? Did you see his eye? I don't know if you're still watching. Bro, yeah, he I'm got watching. dude. I'll text it to you while uh while you go ahead and say your no, point. But he he is he is not him. Uh Kevin Horder. Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes, they are not them. Kevin Herter is a regular season player. Let me let me let me look up his uh let me look up his his uh his stats. He's shooting 16% from three, bro. Oh my god. Yo, so so is LeBron. No, <laughs> we'll talk about it, but him and Harrison Barnes has not been very good. Oh my god. Uh, for the Warriors, Kevon Looney is incredibly underrated. He's been great. Draymond has been playing some great defense. Klay Thompson is coming alive as of late. In the series, Gary Payton was huge in their last game. Yeah, um, I'll I'll let you go, but it, it's this been a fun series, man. I I need a game seven. I I need it, bro. I'm gonna be honest, bro. In the beginning of the series, I had Kings in six. I felt really really confident after the first three games, man. And uh, you know, the Warriors showed their championship pedigree. You know, they fought back. I don't know how I feel about some of the things going on, but uh, you know, I don't know, man. The the home the home officiating is just a little suspect to me. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to talk too much on that. It goes both ways for the Kings and for the Warriors. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the game's going on right now. Can't really talk too much on it. It's a disappointment that, you know, Fox got hurt on his finger. Although it seems like it's not really affecting him because he was he was kind of going off that, that other night. You know, his shooting was – you know, he's not the best shooter by any means. But he, he was making shots, man. Uh, Three-pointers, mid-ranges, and whatnot. But – um. Yeah, it's crazy. So if that Harrison Barnes shot had dropped, we would be completely talking about something, you know, different. I mean, it could be 3-1. You know what I mean? Like, this could be a closeout game. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Anyways, um, I don't know. There's not really much else to say other than, you know, let's, let's go sack, sack town, man. Let's, let's go sack yeah, man. Go, Let's go Kings Kings to seven. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's quickly run over to the, the Lakers and Grizzlies. Um, I'll, I'll just go – Real quick, this is might be LeBron's worst playoff series like in a long time. He's really not looking like himself. I think that foot injury is really affecting him in a way that you know I think he'll probably need. There's a chance he might need surgery uh, in the offseason on that foot injury. Uh, he's not really played up to LeBron standards like you like you mentioned. He's shooting 16% from three, and he's shooting a lot of threes as well. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's weird. I think Anthony Davis has been a pretty up and down, but I still think that he's impacted the series defensively at a really high level. D'Angelo Russell, like, this is kind of what he does. He's still loading. We all know this. Uh, he's not done loading yet. He's, he's he's had some up and down moments as well. Dennis Schroeder, same shit. Te- Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves had a pretty good series, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of really all I had. And Rui Hachimura, um, he's, he's been very good as well for the Lakers. Dude, uh, I'm sorry, man, but there's been players on a, on both teams that are just been completely ass, man. Like way worse than you'd expect from them. Like, I I thought let's start here. I thought that Tyus Jones was the best backup point guard, or if not one of the best backup point guards. He's competent. He makes barely any mistakes. He's efficient. He makes the right plays. Bro has been complete garbage. I know. I brought this up. Um, I think it was either game four or five. So I don't know if this, the statistics are still the same, but he was two for 17 from three. So that is 11%, which is just, you know, it's, it's trash, man. Like how can you shoot 11% from three on efficiency? And then obviously there's Dylan Brooks who got 
completely psyched out after after game one. <laughs> that's a whole thing, man. We we can keep talking about that, but um, I feel like that's just the type of player he is. I mean, when he's up, he's very confident and he'll he'll show off his skill sets. You know, I still think he he's a capable defender and a capable player. I mean, I'm not gonna say Dylan Brooks to China, bro. I'm a, a little bit of a low key closet Dylan Brooks supporter. You know, he'll be like, I like tough players like that. You know, I I I like the poke of the bear, man. I like the guts, bro, but. Man, you got to be able to back it up bro, if you go that far. But that's pretty much all I say on Brooks. The the disrespect he's getting from three is well well warranted. I mean, at this point, if, considering like how he's doing, I mean, in no world should Dylan Brooks be taking sixteen shots a game. And if he is, you're probably gonna lose that game. Luckily for the Grizzlies, they closed out that game five pretty well. Um, so yeah, I will just have to see what goes on in this in game six. But um, yeah, you never really know, man. This this war this excuse me, this uh, Lakers team has had some weird, weird performances. I mean, D'Lo, for example, game one was completely ass, and then he's been pretty bad throughout some of these games and then just came out live out of nowhere, kind of helped them, the Lakers get a few wins. Obviously, LeBron, we talked about it, probably lingering, you know, issue with his body, his foot. Obviously, he's older. Um, he's had some pretty bad performances, 16% for three. AD, who has two games this, this uh, playoff series where he shot Four for 14. And this is our people are, were arguing he was a top 10, top 15 player. Um, AJ. Um, but uh, yeah, man, bro, I don't know, man. There's been some weird performances in this series. So it's definitely been fun. If I had to be a little bit of a conspiracy theory, man, theorist, I'd have to say, man, NBA, if this was a, a time to, you know, push your agenda, you know, Lakers versus Warriors, you know, Steph versus, uh, Steph versus uh, LeBron. You know, that, that could be something you might want to fix up if you leave. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let me let me say this. I think the biggest thing about this series uh, for the Grizzlies has been the difference that they get from playing Luke Kennard instead of Dylan Brooks. Like, Bro, wait, all wait, the wait. stats back I, it not up. Not to cut you off, I Luke literally Kennard's got been- a tweet. Yeah. Luke has been ruled out. Yeah, so it's a that's a really really big loss for Memphis. Luke is one of the best three point shooters in the NBA. He has a a gravity that Dylan Brooks, like you just mentioned, the Lakers aren't guarding him. Dylan Brooks is shooting seven threes per game in the playoffs this year so far, and he's shooting twenty one percent. They're not guarding him. Luke Kennard, it's not, like come on, you know what I mean? Like they're they're just not guarding the dude. Luke Kennard, like all the numbers point to them just being a massive plus with Luke Kennard on the court and a negative with Dylan Brooks. Luke Kennard leads the Grizzlies in plus minus in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure Dylan Brooks has the worst plus minus. Um, so today, this is a big loss for for the Grizzlies. And I think the Lakers probably close it out today. But man, like it's – and oh, by the way, we, tra- we traded him for um, 87-year-old Eric Gordon. And uh, we traded our first-round pick as well to get that trade done. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Good, great job, Lawrence yeah. Frank. Um, Whoa, hold up. <laughs> I, I don't think I realized that. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Are you, was he yeah, guess whose pick we have. You wouldn't guess. Guess Who's... what pick we have. What, what pick? We have the 30th overall pick now. <laughs> we traded the, the 20, I think 19th or 20th pick oh, for for yeah. um, for 97-year-old Eric Gordon. Good job, Lawrence Frank. Executive of the year, my ass. Um, yeah, th- that's the biggest issue, in my opinion, for the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant has played better. Uh, they're going to need big games from him and Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain was really, really good. I think in the last game or the game before, he was pretty unremarkable the first couple games. 
they're going to need him to continue to play really well. Uh, but I think I think the Lakers close it out today. I think LeBron plays better. He he's just like this is LeBron James we're talking about. He's not going to continue unless unless his foot is just absolutely cooked. He's going to play better in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, just kind of go off that a little bit. I feel like LeBron has figured something out with his old age where he does good. He does extremely well one game, takes the next game off if he, if he can afford it, and then kind of goes back to being that great player because obviously he can't do that throughout the entire playoffs. I mean, this, this man is playing near 40 minutes, man. He's, he's going to fall apart. Like, I don't care how good of a player you are, you're eventually going to fall apart. I mean, it is what it is. It's just, it's just life, you know, part of basketball, you know, growing in age, but – I think he's kind of figured out like, taking an off game. And I think that that game five was an off game and he might as well close up the series. I think the key for the Grizzlies to win this is just kind of push the pace and tire out AD, tire out, you know, LeBron and just keep pushing the pace, be aggressive because that's what they did in game <clears throat> in game five. And, you know, even though, you know, Bain was missing some transition threes, he was aggressive as hell, him and Jaw. So they can push the pace. I think, oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I fucked that one up. If they can push the tempo, hey! If they can push the tempo, they could definitely win, man. But uh, yeah, probably I I gotta go Lakers in this, man. Yeah, same here. Um, I think I think that's did we touch on every series? I think so, right? Yeah. All right, I think I think that's really all we gotta say. Uh, right, best of luck. What before we what? go, real quick, who you got right now, man? Bucks were probably the obvious favorite. Who you got now? I know you both. Man, teams. I don't want to we root both... for any of these teams that are favored. I hate all of them so much. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Root for the Celtics, dog. No, oh, fuck no. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't want your curse anyway. No, <laughs> you know I'm gonna. I'm gonna root for. I'm going to root for. Oh man, I was really rooting for the Cavs, but they disappointed me. Uh, <laughs> I remember this love Sacramento man, like the Beam, bro. You know what? It's not too late. Yeah, but but they. I don't know if they're gonna win. If you know if Sacramento wins and they win the series, I'm gonna root for Sacramento. But right now, I think I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon. I need to see Jimmy Butler continue this this torrid run. Um, I'm gonna root for Miami as of right now. That's fair, man. I think they're a lovable team. Definitely a great story. Um, bounce back of the year, man. So yeah, I I can get behind that a little bit. Obviously, I'm rooting for myself. But so uh, let's go, let's go, let's go, Philly. Let's get to that conference finals. Yeah, bro, get out of here, bro. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, dog. I think that's going to be it for this pod. Cool? Yes. All right, man. It was fun as always talking to you. Appreciate you pulling up on the pod, Kyle. Um, thanks for everyone for listening, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode of Push the Tempo. Maybe we'll do like a second round or a mid-second round. But, yeah, this first round was definitely fire. So you already know, second round about to be even crazy. All right, guys. Peace.